0: podcast.
1: We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness,
0: discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community.
1: Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses.
0: I'm Emily Hamill, a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant strong athlete. And I am back in Aiken, South Carolina for the winter season, and uh, this is the first time I'm not recording in person with my favorite co-host, the amazing Tyler Held.
1: Well, thank you, Emily. I'm Tyler Held. I'm a professional groom and a mental toughness coach. I'm a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation, and I'm a practitioner of CrossFit, CrossFit? Um <laughs> CrossFit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and Daily Meditation. Um, and I am in sunny, beautiful Ocala, Florida. Emily, I miss you so much, but I feel like I spent a lot of winters in Aiken where it was supposed to be warm and it really wasn't that warm. Right. And I haven't really worn a jacket in about a week, so I'm pretty much loving Ocala.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean the weather is for sure better in Ocala. However, Aiken's weather is better than Pennsylvania, and where I'm originally from, Wisconsin, so I'll take it. And um, I actually, I haven't, I have worn jackets down here, but it's been pretty mild so far. You know, like, it's been in the 60s and 70s, which is really nice, so I am not going to complain.
1: Well, word on the street is it was 63 degrees in Maryland and Pennsylvania today, so...
0: So maybe we should have just stayed north, right?
1: Global Whatever. warming or something—I don't know.
0: I think that's a thing: global warming. Maybe People like might deny it, but I think it's real.
1: Yeah, maybe eventually we'll be wintering in like Maine because of climate change. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going north for the winter. Anyway, <laughs> well, welcome everyone, and thanks for turning, turning, tuning into the first episode of this new decade. And we are apparently trying to get in the swing of things with this new recording, not in person. So you're going to have to bear with us. But um, as far as the year goes, I think it's going well so far. Um, I don't know that it's what my child self thought 2020 was going to be like. like I don't know about you, Tyler, but did you ever have to do a, um, I guess, project in school where you had to say what you thought 2020 would be like? Did you ever do that?
1: I didn't, or if I okay. did, I don't like remember it specifically. Yeah.
0: Well, I specifically remember that I thought we were gonna have like flying cars and teleporters, and it was gonna be like we we're in the Jetsons. So, you know, a little bit disappointed on that front, 2020. But um, we do have some cool stuff, so I guess I can't complain.
1: You know, that's funny because like my my one of my favorite movies is Back to the Future. And when oh, yeah. they travel to the future, the year that they travel to is 2015, I think. And that's like, they've got the flying cars and the hoverboards and stuff. So that's kind of, maybe I didn't do your school project and everything like that. But no. I did watch Back to the Future a ridiculous number of times because I'm a huge nerd. Right. Um, and yeah, definitely the future's not not what, what was expected of my childhood.
0: Right. But you know all right it's still good so um Tyler do you want to maybe talk about our layout for those of you who might be new listeners to the
1: show yes yeah if you are listening to the whole equestrian podcast for the first time we would really like to welcome you um Emily and I are pretty passionate about the stuff that we talk about on here and just like getting the information out to you guys so welcome and and if you've listened to us before thanks for continuing to support us and come back. Um, for those of you who haven't listened to this show, um, Emily and I, we talk about, like we said in our intro, mindset, fitness, nutrition, community, kind of just trying to make a more mindful equestrian community and Talk about ideas and make actions and stuff. So, um, a couple key themes in our podcast. We talk about goals every episode. Um, in 2019, we did 19 goals for 2019, and we kind of went out throughout the year, going through our goals, the structure of goals, how you should set them, how you should achieve them, and you know, talking about our personal journeys so that you guys can riff off of that. Um, Emily and I are both readers dorks i don't know whatever you want to call people that like bookish to book to book for fun um so we have a segment we do called books 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 um and we talk about the books we're reading and kind of relate them back to life in the horse industry um then we pick a topic related to our key concepts um this month is going to be locus of control which is a psychology concept that we'll get into more later um and then we kind of do some actionable advice, listener questions, anything you guys want to interact with um, and round out the episode. So I think I, that pretty much covers it, right, Em?
0: Yeah, that's that's basically our outline for each episode. Um, so I guess getting into our, our first section, which is goals, in our last episode, we talked about, we basically did a recap of 2019, and so we went over, like, our 19 goals for 2019 and talked about our word for the year. Um, and we'll just do a, a real quick recap on that. But if you want something more in depth, you can tune in to episode 12. So last year, my word was action. And I thought it was really helpful in reminding me to actually do the thing that I've been thinking about or researching or whatever it is. Uh, because I have a tendency to wait to act until I have everything sorted out perfectly. So it was a really nice reminder that done is better than perfect. And that word kind of helped me check off a lot of my goals last year.
1: Yeah, we so, we made this podcast. We did a clinic. We um, did
0: so many things. You qualified
1: right. to compete at Kentucky this year. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of really big things came out of action.
0: Yeah. And so this year, my word is believe. And, you know, I h- had a couple words that were bouncing around. Uh, but I just went with my initial thought, which was believe. Um, and that's just because I have some really big plans for this year. And I just want to use this word as a reminder to like believe in myself and my course, my abilities, my knowledge, you know, all the things. Um, and I think that'll just help me really stand behind what I'm doing. So, that's, that's my word. What about you, Tyler?
1: Um, well, last year I picked the word discipline. Um, right. Because clearly when you think of Tyler, you think someone who needs more discipline in her life. Right,
0: you are so undisciplined, Tyler.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, my, uh, kind of my discipline led me through a lot of things. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was... Finishing my masters in sports psychology, um, I like started really getting into fitness and everything like that. Um, like you know, I've been working out for a while now, but it it definitely became like a super priority in my life. And um, just like ha- I ha- I'm someone who always has big goals that I want to chase after, but a lot of times I have so many that I'm not most disciplined about getting them all done in a timely manner, or I don't even know if that's an accurate self-reflection there. Um, Yeah,
0: I'm not sure. I think you're pretty, (laughs) I've always known you to be disciplined, and like a a person that just gets it done, but maybe you just, all needed.
1: Well, that's the topic of um, imposter syndrome that we've talked about on this podcast <laughs> yeah. before, you know, like, I, I guess I just hold really high standards for myself. And um, so discipline is something like, you know, I said, I'm only going to read one book at a time. And that helped me achieve my goal of reading 52 books for the year. I got my master's, I, you know, lost some weight, looking good, feeling good. Discipline. Discipline equals freedom. Boom. That's a, a Navy SEAL concept. So there you have it.
0: Um, and they, they clearly know what they're talking about.
1: So. Right. Um, in being so disciplined about all of that stuff, however, I feel like uh, in some moments I've sacrificed relationships with some really cool people in my life. So um, this year I have decided to choose the word connection Um, and that relates back to a lot of things it's not just about connecting with the people in my life which is you know it's going to be one of my main priorities for the year but also connecting with my horses because that's a huge part of being a groom is like having a relationship with the horses and um, I do like I do have a relationship with all of my horses but just continuing to have that be the forefront in my mind and I know that there's a lot of like horsemanship body language stuff that I still need to work on. Um, and I think part of that is is learning the connection and, and learning to speak horse a little bit better. So,
0: yeah, that's so important. That's a great word. I love it.
1: I'm excited.
0: So, and you know, we invite you guys to come up with your word of the year. And if you want to share that with us on social media, we would love to hear. So, um, Reach out if you feel so inclined.
1: Yeah, you can do that on our, our main Facebook page. We're trying to be more active on Instagram, so just throw in a comment on one of our posts or always um, link back to the whole equestrian community page and, and kind of share your thoughts there.
0: Yeah. So we both made a list of 20 goals for 2020, and we're not going to read all of them because that would, you know, take up a book. it would would just be a lot and we want (laughs) to we want to keep this episode moving so we're going to each talk about two of our goals and one of them is like what we're most excited about and then the other one is the one that we think might be the most difficult to achieve so um for me the goal that i'm most excited about and i can't get into too much detail but i have this business idea Um, and I think it's really going to help the horse industry as a whole. And so I'm just putting some time and effort into developing that into an actual product slash service. And you guys are just going to have to stay tuned because it is in its infancy stages currently, but I think it can be a really big thing.
1: Oh yeah. The whole equestrian is taking action this year.
0: Heck Yeah. So, and then the one that's most, I think might be the most difficult to achieve is getting a certification in like teaching yoga and or Pilates. Um, I, you know, I've been teaching yoga some and, but it's basically just been on all the knowledge that I have gained through my own practice and taking classes and teaching to me comes pretty natural just because I've been giving riding lessons since I was like a teenager and so you know I, I think the how to teach is pretty easy but I want some actual certification and um, just a deeper understanding and knowledge of the practice that I teach so um, it's gonna be difficult just from a time aspect you know I'm, I'm excited about it I'm motivated to do it but it's finding the time because I've got you know a lot going on so that's that's me what about you
1: well first I want to touch on your time thing because I think that's like something that a lot of our listeners will relate to because that's going to be a huge barrier for a lot of people in time so um I think we've talked about before like making the time for things that are important to you now Mm -hmm. it's not always realistic right like you could say oh well like I'm going to make the time to do this but if you are making the time to go to every single competition that you want to, spending time with your husband, if you take the time to get a yoga certifications, like, you, know, you might be losing your job for all the time that you're taking right. off, right? So, yeah. um, I don't know um, if there's a clear-cut solution to that right away, but it's definitely just something to be mindful of when you're setting your goals is, for am sure. I going to have the time to complete this?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm not going for like a 200 hour yoga certification, like just something basic that I can build on. So that's kind of where, you know, I'd love to do like a 200, 300 hour thing, but that currently isn't realistic. So, you know, I have kept um, kind of my amount of time that I have in mind when I'm setting these things so hopefully yeah. like I'm gonna really work towards
1: that well and I think too like you and I are the kind of people who like just because you have a certification in something doesn't mean like you stop learning like it's it's just something to say like hey look I've put the time and money and investment into this but you know also it's not like the be all end all that's part of like the lifelong learning thing right like I did a CrossFit certification and that seminar is a weekend long that doesn't mean I know everything about what it takes to be physically fit or fitness or everything like that like I I'm learning and reading all the time and and constantly adjusting my viewpoint and so that's a good good thing for goals too is like it's it's a lifelong process no matter what goals you achieve you're going to continue to work on the information if it's something that you care about and you're passionate about
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So speaking of being caring and being passionate about the goal that I'm most excited for is like a little bit out of left field. Um, But I really want to have a running gait analysis performed because, you know, like I'm a huge dork about performance and fitness and recovery and stuff like that. And um, running has kind of always been my thing that I've struggled with and, you know, I was able to run my half marathon and everything, but I still struggle to run fast. And I have these knees that I've been struggling with since I was five years old. Um, they're called luxating patellas because my ligaments are really loose. Um, and if you've ever seen me walking around, I'm on my toes and I sometimes, I guess people say I look like I'm looking for something, especially when I start to, to walk really fast. Um, but I have these bad knees and I walk on my toes and I like from a purely scientific standpoint, I want to know if I walk on my toes because I have bad knees or if I have bad knees because I walk on my toes. So... I was like, the whole chicken or the egg. I want, like, yeah. And there's people that analyze, like, running gates to see, like, you know, foot strike. Can can you move faster and everything like that? And like, that's part of it. But it's also like the health and longevity of my knees, um, because I kind of need them. Um,
0: They are important (laughs) for sure.
1: Um, So yeah, there's a. I'm in Florida, and 30 minutes away from the University of Florida, and there is a huge laboratory that does stuff like that. So I am, like, so excited that I am going to get to do that. I have an appointment in February, um, and that's, that's what I'm most excited about. So I don't care that I'm not a professional athlete, and I don't care that I'm probably never gonna run a professional race, but it's cool information for me, and maybe I'll be able to help some people once I figure that out.
0: Yeah, I think that's great knowledge. Like, you're gonna, no matter what they find, like, you're gonna learn so much in doing that, and, um... I think that's awesome that it's basically in your backyard currently, and you can just go there. Like, I, because I was, you're talking about this, I'm like, well, how do you even find a place to do that? Like, how do you set that up? So you just, like, Googled it and found it, and here you are, kind of?
1: Yes, yeah, and it it was like, here, like, pick a day and a time. Like, we're open from 10 to 2, and so I scheduled it, and there we go.
0: Yeah. If this isn't too personal, what is something like this cost? Or is it, like, do they want you to do it so they can gain more data since it's a college, like, or a university or whatever?
1: Yeah, I'm paying for it. I don't know the cost off the top of my head because I haven't yeah. um, gotten that far yet. But it's definitely, like, it's an investment. But I'm going to write a blog post about it. So you guys, you know...
0: Totally worth it. And I'm sure... Everyone will be interested. in No, and it's definitely out. like oh. something that, um, like, sorry,
1: dropped my phone. That's okay. There's people in like um, Kentucky equine research that do the same thing for horses. So I think from like that standpoint of managing horses, I'll get some information. And I don't know. I think it will be cool.
0: So cool. I'm I'm excited to hear what you find. So,
1: yay. Yeah. Okay. So my most difficult goal to achieve, um, is to meet Dr. Michael Gervais, who is my sports psychology hero. He works with the Seattle Seahawks and he works with a lot of like high performance teams, um, in like super high intensity sports, like things that I think would transfer over to horseback riding, like extreme motocross and, and everything like that. And, um, Uh, I just want to pick his brain like I just want to sit in the same room with him because I listen to his podcast every week and I'm like this is everything I want for my life you know so um, that's kind of my my other difficult to attain goal
0: yeah that's definitely a stretch but you know if anybody's gonna get it done Tyler it's you and you're putting it out in the universe one of our listeners might have a connection you never know like somebody might know somebody and Let's try to make this happen, people.
1: I know I'm gonna sound like a super duper like Michael Gervais stalker right now, but like you know <laughs> I follow his Instagram and the other day he was posting like stories from Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia and I'm like, oh, I could have been there had I known. Yeah. Well, I guess not really because I'm in Florida, but you know like,
0: could have made a point.
1: I want to find him. And like he does, he's got like an online. I want to find him. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to talk to him. Not a stalker. Not a stalker. It's cool. Like, I don't know. If I could take like a month off of my life and just like intern with him, I think it would be the most incredible experience ever.
0: Well, maybe in the off season, you could throw that out there. Like, I will work my butt off for you for nothing. You know? Yeah. It would just be like a working student position, but in a different field.
1: I mean, maybe that's like, that's a good thought. So things to come for the future. Most difficult to achieve. If you know, Dr. Michael Gervais, if he's your long lost cousin and you (laughs) haven't messaged him in a while, call him up, tell him Tyler Held is dying to meet him.
0: Hook a girl up. So on that note, I think we should move on to our favorite section. Books, books, books. Books, books, books. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to brag on Tyler for a moment because she wrote this great blog on the 52 books that she read last year. And I know I'm biased, but it was so good, like seriously, people go and read it, It was just like, I, it just made, gave me like all the feels, I loved it. So, um, and you can find it on our new website that Tyler took the time to start. Um, Which is also cool, and one of our things that we wanted to do for the whole equestrian this year. So it's pretty basic at the moment, the website. Um, Not the blog. Blog is not basic, but
1: I'm not basic, Emily.
0: (laughs) Gonna be like improving the website as our time allows, and as you guys know, like this is kind of a a side project for us, a labor of love, and we give what time we can to it, um, and hopefully we can give you know, more time to it eventually, but it's kind of going to be a a process to get the website to where we want.
1: Yeah, you don't have to justify it. We're all work in progresses.
0: (laughs) That is very true. Thank you for keeping me in check. So um, as far as the books I've been reading, um, I read The Richest Man in Babylon, and Tyler actually read this, Uh, because Rob from Major League Eventing recommended it and so after she read it I read it and she's already talked about it on the podcast so I won't get you know too detailed but um, I thought it was a fun read um, educational and it was a really good refresher on being financially responsible which I'm realizing as I get older that I have made some really young and dumb mistakes in previous years when it comes to my finances Um, which I'm sure everybody does.
1: You know, Um, Emily, and you're, you're like, you're being a bad influence on me sometimes. You're like, ah, like Tyler, you can spend the money. And I'm like, I'm trying to be financially responsible.
0: (laughs) I know, but I'm like, oh, these shoes are so cute. Uh, Yeah. Um, That's, that's another story for another time. But reading this kind of re-inspired me to have a better plan and budget for this year so that I can meet some of my financial goals, because I definitely do have um, a few of those on my list. So, And also, I think just in order to be in, like, comfortable in the horse industry, it's nice to have a, a good safety net. And you know quite frankly i'm sick of being a broke horse girl so i am taking charge this year and yeah that's that's what i gotta say about that so the book definitely gave me some tools
1: to do yeah that. thank you rob for recommending yeah. that i love well, him
0: so great major league eventing
1: i uh i'm gonna be on an episode of that podcast in the near future as well i know i
0: can't wait for that so excited everyone
1: will have to be on the lookout for that as well
0: yeah um and the book that i'm currently reading is the handmaid's tale by margaret atwood atwood and uh one of my goals for this year is to read more fiction and this book certainly fits the bill Uh, A lot of you have probably heard about this book or maybe read it or watched it because it's a series on Netflix now, and the gist of it, it's a science fiction book, and it's set in an alternate reality where basically there's like this huge war waging between different religious groups, and it's set in the near future, but the way that the people live is very reminiscent of the past, um, like before basic human rights were a thing, especially for women. And I don't want to give too much away, but I will say that it's a page-turner, and it can also be a little disturbing at times, so reader beware. And I don't know how much I can actually relate back to horses in this book, but reading this does make me grateful that I live in the world that I do and have the freedoms that I have, Uh, being able to be a strong, independent woman who has been fortunate enough to follow her passion and make a career in the horse industry. I mean, that's pretty great. So that is my tie-in. I hope that suits.
1: Gold, oh. gold star, Emily. Gold star.
0: Thanks. <laughs> what have you been reading? Um.
1: So uh, the first book that I read this year was called The Art of Learning, and that's by Josh Waitzkin. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher, John Waitskin is who that book is written about. Um, he is a childhood chess champion, like, goes on to be, like, a grandmaster. Um, and then he ends up pursuing martial arts, um, doing tai chi push hands, which is actually how I um, connected with the book of a jujitsu podcast that I listen to, like, references this book a lot, you know he 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 know this guy knows how to learn right like he becomes this world champion grandmaster of chess which is like extremely difficult it's just memorizing moves and patterns and everything like that and like also the same like physical challenge of martial arts which they sometimes say is like physical forms of chess so it's interesting mm-hmm. how how those things go along um but you know I, I've been wanting to read more fiction too, but this this is not a nonfiction book that was definitely a page turner. Like, it just gives me goosebumps listening or reading. I say listening, listening in my head. Reading books where someone's achieving these grand goals, but a lot of it is actually going through their personal reflections. Um, yeah. And like... Dr. Michael Gervais always says on his podcasts and he he brings on these high performers and he asks them, Are you searching for mastery of craft or mastery of self? Um, and you know, he always talks about how there's a blend between the two. And Josh Waitskin is definitely talking about, you know, mastering himself and, and the Zen practices that he studies and um, you know, just showing up every day and putting the work in, which I think is something that it gets hard like and and you have to do it with the horses like you have to just show up every day not that breaks aren't important that's something we talk about too but but the discipline that goes into like really being great at something um I posted a few quotes from that book that I really enjoyed in the whole equestrian community so check those out and um I'd definitely pick up that book if you're interested in learning about learning
0: yeah, that sounds great. And I think, you know, going back to like the mastery of self or mastery of craft, you know, to me, in order to master craft, you probably need to master some of like the self part of it, right? And would you agree? Do you get, you get what
1: I'm I, saying? Yeah, no, like and and that's kind of the whole point and yeah. Um, when I do meet Michael Gervais and he listens to my podcast, he's going to be like, wow, stop stealing my material, but,
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> so
1: you guys are going to be off to a good start. We're going to be off to a good start. I'm hoping that he, he knows that me emulating him is, um, out of pure admiration and yeah,
0: when you're giving him credit you know, so
1: although good. I'm seeing parallels, Emily, like I'm starting to think that maybe this is my problem with romantic relationships as well. I'm just, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, it's fine. Like I know everything about you and I, you know, it's cool. We're accepting of each other. It's great. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, funny. On, on to the next book of the year. Um, just to, to make a nice change of topic here. Um, <laughs> I'm reading Russian sports restoration and massage, which I definitely won't be um, completing in a week. Sorry, fans, um, but it's a—it's uh, like a. I don't know if it's a textbook. I guess it's a textbook. It's got like a bunch of research about recovery for weightlifters or, you know, different sports and and what kinds of massage and hydrotherapy and everything you can use like that. And I actually picked it up um, thanks to Dr. Tim Warden, who spoke at the USCA convention on... His walk
0: was great, by the way. Yes,
1: yeah, check that out. We love what he's doing for the sport as well. Um, He's a PhD in biomechanics, and I was like, I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I loved your talk. Like I'm managing upper level event horses and I'm really interested in like recovery protocols. Like what should I do? And he said, you know, this book might be a little dense and wordy, but I think you should check it out. So I'm going to get through it. Um, it's what, 340 pages or something like that. So I'm on 70 right now. Um, we'll keep, we'll keep pushing through and, um, I've I've been able to pull some quotes from that. Um interesting. Hopefully work to develop my recovery protocol for the horses and keep them in tip-top shape. So that's the motivation behind that and um I might I might pick up a a book that's not a textbook to read in conjunction with this one. Yeah. Um but I
0: think that's kind of important cuz like it's hard to just get Commit to just a textbook, you know. You it's like you need a little bit more on the side. At least I do. Like, yeah. You know.
1: And if anyone has any fiction books that they recommend, I think I want to do that as well because the fifty-two books I read last year were pretty much all nonfiction, and um, I enjoy reading and I enjoy reading my nonfiction books, but I think uh, a good fiction would be good for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. That's another good segment of books, books, books. So let's move on to our main topic, which is locus of control. And Tyler, I am going to let you start this one off. This was like your idea. And uh, I have to admit, I didn't really know what it was at first. I thought you might be making up the word locus. So, why don't you go ahead and explain to our listeners what this is.
1: Okay, well, so technically, this episode was not my idea. Um, it was an idea from my beloved jiu-jitsu coach, Anthony, that, who's up in Pennsylvania, and I'm missing dearly, um, because my jiu-jitsu coach down here is a little bit more intense. Um, but that's okay, because I'm becoming a warrior. Um, <laughs>
0: Keep telling
1: yourself that. As I keep, like, kneeing myself in the face and, like, having my ankle twisted. It's fine. It's fine.
0: You're a warrior, anyway. I'm a
1: warrior. Um, So, Anthony um, has listened to our podcast before because he's one of the sweetest human beings in the world. And um, we talked about how, like, equestrian sports have so much unpredictability in them compared to... Um, in his mind, compared to wrestling or martial arts, like wrestling or martial arts, you're going to go up against someone of the same weight, same ability. There's a structured point system. It's pretty black and white. Like, it's not it's not like there's a dressage judge that's going to be subjective or um, there's not a horse that has a mind of its own. Like, you could be so prepared for an event and, you know, your horse could be, you know, popping an abscess the day before, or um, the weather, you know, some days you're going to be doing dressage in six inches of mud, and some days you're going to be doing dressage in a beautifully prepared sand arena. Um, And so let me just define locus of control before I continue to go down that rabbit hole. Locus of control refers to the extent to which people feel that they have control over the events that influence their lives. So From what I understand from talking to Anthony, his perception was that in horseback riding, the locus of control is very external. There's just too many factors that aren't within your control. But the more I get to thinking about it, the more, you know, it's a choice no matter what. You know, these wrestlers and martial artists could just as easily get a stomach bug the night before a big match. You know, just as much as a horse could have an abscess or, you know, there are always going to be things in your life that you can't control. So focusing on the things that you can control.
0: Yes. And when I was doing um, some research on this, because as I said before, I like wasn't really sure what this was about. The more I read about it, the more it kind of reminded me of the fixed-first growth mindset, which we've talked about a lot. And um, I don't know if you would agree, Tyler. I mean, you're the one with the master's in sports psychology, so I'm definitely looking to you for clarification here.
1: So it's definitely a good point. Um, The two concepts are definitely related. So, like, a lot of these concepts and theories are psychologists. They, they look for a trend right in society and they say they want to say why do people act the way that they do so the locus of control theory was explaining why people act the way they do in relation to them feeling in control over the event, events that influence their lives whereas the fixed versus growth mindset is more in relation to learning styles and like the idea that your intelligence is either fixed or you think you have the ability to learn. So, you know, again, I'm just going to say it again, because I don't, I think it's something that you just have to keep explaining to wrap your mind away. Locus of control refers to underlying causes of events in your life, fixed versus growth mindset, learning styles, how you view your own intelligence. So and also abilities right? Um, yeah and abilities you know so like learning how to horseback ride or or you know getting better at a dressage test anything like that um someone who has a growth mindset probably has an internal locus of control because if you believe that you have control over what happens you probably also believe that you can grow and change whereas someone who has a fixed mindset is very stu- like fixed mindset is also kind of the victim mindset and the victim is going to pick all these external factors that are control you're powerless you you think oh well like I couldn't succeed today because xyz Mm-hmm. Um, and we did an interesting poll in um, Emily this was your idea actually um, in in the whole equestrian community and we asked when the inevitable challenge in, challenges in life come up do you feel like you have control over the outcome um, and we had 70% of wonderful insightful listeners say heck yes I'm able to influence what <laughs> happens in my life um, and 30% that said there are circumstances out of my control What's interesting is that a lot of people from the community ended up um, commenting and saying that there are some circumstances that you absolutely can't control, but how you react to them or choose to move on and grow is what it's all about. So, good job, listeners.
0: Yeah, we have some smart listeners. Well done, guys. Yay. So, and, you know, just breaking the two down a little bit more and... Speaking on a personal level, uh, as far as the internal locus of control, like I, I think that I, I definitely lean more towards that, and to me, it's just like a way more empowering way to look at life. You know, you talked about externals, a bit of that victim mindset. Where internal locus of control, if you really believe that you have the ability to um, influence things in your life like that's just so much more empowering and like that's that's where I want to live my life from for sure um, and I know sometimes like in the moment it can be hard if you're dealing with something like a terrible situation uh, but usually at least for me even if I want to blame an external circumstance or you know anything like that I do always feel like with some time that I can come up with a solution and a way to solve the problem or, you know, how I can approach a situation like that in the future.
1: Yeah, and if you're one of those people that said, no, there are circumstances are that are outside of my control, I encourage you to go on the internet and find just, like, inspiring stories of people who have lost limbs or battled serious illnesses and gone on to do incredible amazing things and like it's just in times of tragedy or stress or even just everyday challenges there is a choice and the people who choose to say i have control over this situation are the ones that go on to do the amazing things and the ones that say i have no power in this are the ones that sit at home i'm not i feel like i'm like going to preach this down but like sit at home and like make excuses and blame everyone else or turn to to bad habits like drugs and alcohol
0: right and I do think um, external doesn't always equal bad. Right. Um, And I might, you know, we don't want to be like, well, if you think if your locus of control is more external, like that's bad, you're a bad person. That's not what it's about. I think in some cases, having an external locus of control can be good because then you're not going to internalize some of the problems. Like, I'm not saying in all cases, but say you get a bad dressage score, and, um, you know, you view that as just, like, something out of your control, which it is, because you can't control what the judge is going to think of your horse on the day, right? But if if you say, like, okay, well, that's out of my control, then it might be easier to move on from than someone who has that internal locus of control, and they're like, you know, they understand that that's out of their control, but then they internalize a lot, like, well, I could have done this and that, and, like, there might be a lot more um, worry about it. Like, I think long-term internal is going to work in your favor, but, like, in kind of isolated situations, maybe having a slight external. You might be okay. I don't
1: know. I'm, no, I'm yeah, that's, going. It's a, it's a good theory. It's a good theory. And I think like we've talked about before, like with fixed versus growth mindset, like you can have areas of your life of fixed mindset and areas that are growth mindset. And it doesn't necessarily like it's never good or bad. It's just like something that you should be really mindful of all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, for me, as far as locus of control goes, something that I relate back to a lot is nutrition um because a lot of times you know like i'll get really like laser focused and i'll feel really in control of my nutrition i'm cooking all my meals i feel very like responsible but then you know you go and you're traveling and you're eating with a bunch of people who are ordering dessert or you know not necessarily picking the best items on the menu and it's easy to slip into that thought that you know I I don't have control over what everyone else around me is doing, and I don't really feel like I have the motivation and the discipline right now to make the right choice when others around me are making the complete opposite choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, kind of slipping out of that internal locus of control, giving the power to everyone else, but if you really, like, if you really want something, you have to keep keep that focus keep that internal control and it's not to say that you like never go eat dessert or eat the unhealthy option on the menu but it's just like if if it doesn't align with your goals are you being realistic about what's controlling your actions
0: yeah that makes sense
1: and I think you know like For me, too, as someone who was diagnosed with celiac disease at what I think I was 20, I was turning 21 years old or turning 20 years old when I was diagnosed with celiac disease, like that felt like something that was not in my control. And it's not, like, I didn't choose to have an autoimmune disorder. Like, there is nothing that I did in my life to create celiac disease. It's a genetically linked trait. It gets, switched on by some sort of disturbance in stress or whatever like that and I I didn't choose to eat gluten-free but like I have to and for for the longest time like when I was first diagnosed I couldn't even talk to someone at a restaurant and say like look I have celiac disease like I really need to make sure this food doesn't have gluten in it like I would have rather risked getting sick and, like, gone with my assumption that a salad would be fine or, or something like that Then say I have celiac disease because I felt, like, such a burden. But mm-hmm. I can't affect the fact that I have celiac disease. So I just have to sit down and say, like, look like I need to make sure my meal is gluten-free tonight. But it's just, like, simple things like that 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 can be so stressful and can have so much of a weight on our lives that we can switch by simply switching our mindset. And, you know, there's countless examples of this in the horse world too. Um, Sometimes it feels like you can't control how long your day is going to be or, you know, how hard you're going to have to work or, you know, so many things that you just have to shift your mindset about it to make it a more enjoyable experience to work those long hours or, you know, put in the extra effort that you don't really feel like right now.
0: Yeah, or like put in, realize that maybe you could change these things by um, building different skills to become more efficient or, um, you know, just getting more knowledge on the situation and trying to figure out how you can make a positive change to that.
1: Right. And like, you know, like something what one of my like big dream goals in my life is to groom at the Olympics. I'm not a rider like I I can't do anything specifically to like try to isolate the skills to, you know, ride at the Olympics. But what 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 I can do is align myself with the knowledge and the people that are going to go in that direction and work hard and trust that that is everything that I that I can do that's inside of my locus of control and everything else doesn't matter and if I've put in the work no matter what happens I'm fine because at the end of the day you know T- Tokyo 2020 is just another day in in the span of my life
0: yeah I get that so I think I hope that answers some questions about the topic um I thought you had some really good insight and like I know personally listening to you that cleared up a lot of things and yeah
1: and now me, and now you know, believe locus. me that locus is a word
0: <laughs> exactly it is a word people I don't know what that says about me that I didn't think that that was
1: a word. Is it? um, it, And now now I'm going (laughs) to sound stupid. I do read
0: a lot of books. I've never come across that. Anyway.
1: Okay, no, I'm not even going to say. I was going to say, isn't it a flower for yoga? But that's a lotus flower, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Anyways, (laughs) now I sound like an idiot.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, so let's move on to a listener question about this topic. So Patricia asks, when your goals are small by objective standards, for instance, going beginner novice, how do you rationalize treating them like big goals or prioritize time and effort to working towards them?
1: Okay, so I first want to like, stop by saying that, um, you know, as a lifelong learner, identifying that way. When a listener asks a question, I like to make sure I read at least one research article or psychology paper that relates to the question asked. Um, so with this question, what I really honed in on was the fact that it seems like, um, Patricia's making comparisons, right? Your goals are small by objective standards, like going beginner novice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, okay, like, let let me take a deep dive into comparing yourself to the other. Like, what's the research that's been done about that? And what I found was a psychologist named Leon Fissinger, or however you pronounce his name. I'm sorry if I did that wrong, Leon. Um, (laughs) But he basically um, believed that our desire to compare ourselves to others is a drive that is almost as powerful as thirst or hunger. Um... But when we get in trouble, because self, like, when it comes to self-worth, comparisons of this nature are almost always discouraging because someone has to end up on the bottom. So, you know, here's this guy who says, you know, we're going to compare ourselves to others, but that's not going to make us feel good. So how do we fix that? Um, There's a couple different things that we can do. Radical acceptance for the fact that those goals are big to you, you know, just because that that goal is not big to someone like Philip Dutton, like that can be your big goal. You don't have to feel guilty for having goals or putting your time into something that someone else thinks is not a worthy goal. Like if you think it's worthy, go ahead and give yourself permission to give the time and the energy to it because that's like what makes you feel fulfilled in life. Mm -hmm. I mean there's a lot of people who start sports in their middle ages and like they're starting from square one. and if they walked in and they saw all the kids that are doing 10 times better than them because the kids have been coming and practicing you know three times a week since they're five years old and they're seven now and they're like kicking ass like I'm thinking about these jujitsu kids that kick ass. Like if <laughs> yeah, I
0: like, is this this a uh, personal experience. Uh, I don't like, know. But like,
1: you know, yeah. like if you're if you're looking at someone, then like you're never going to be able to walk into a sport or start anything or like try to achieve any goals because just because you're not going to be a world champion doesn't mean you can't like try hard at it, you know? Not yeah, everyone
0: be your best whatever that might be.
1: Yeah. Know? Um and like the other thing with this is is that um you know, instead of making comparisons to others, you can use something that's called temporal comparison. So um, don't compare yourself to what your friend is doing. Compare yourself to what you were doing last year. Like if your goal is to do beginner novice now, at some point in your life, your goal was to jump across rail. And so how cool is it that now you have the goal to go beginner novice when at one point in your life, all you could do was jump across rail?
0: Yeah putting it into perspective like that is really good. Um, I think you totally hit the nail on the head with this one, Tyler, like you answered the question well. And from a trainer's point of view, I think it's a great reminder that our students' goals, no matter how they compare to our own, are just as important. And it's really our job to understand and respect and create an environment that these goals can come to fruition. You know, like, that's that's what we're paid to do. We're here to help you achieve the things you want to achieve. And making sure that they are equally as important to us is is a good, good thing to do.
1: You know, Emily, I stumbled on a product the other day that had the, uh-huh. the slogan on it, and it says, there can only be one best. And I was like, that's interesting to me because I think that's, like, one of the problems in our culture there can only be one best you know there can't just be one bet like if there can only be one best and you truly believe that and you have people in in your life that you love like do you not also want them to be their best so instead of being th- focusing so much on like being the best just focus on being your best because that's something that you can control you can't you can't control being the best, but you can control being your best, and that ties it back into locust control. Drop the mic, I'm out,
0: oh yeah, that's great, I love it, and I do have to apologize there might be some weird noises coming from my end because it is like storming here, bad all of a sudden. um,
1: oh, I thought you no. touched the microphone and I was about to yell at you.
0: No, no, I am being good. I'm not touching the mic, but like it is thundering here. So um, hopefully it turns out okay sound-wise. Yeah. But anyway, that's what's going on if you're wondering.
1: For the record, Emily, I have been using glorious hand signals this whole time, but I have oh, not... Oh, I
0: can't see them. I it's know. It's killing me. I know. I love, like, <laughs> Tyler's random hand motions. When I
1: get really excited and I start, like, to talk a lot, my my hands are just going crazy because i'm italian and that's what i do i talk with my hands um but anyways emily can can
0: help it yeah
1: what about what about actionable advice for our listeners on this episode what can they do practically from the comfort of their own homes that will help them foster a internal locus of control
0: okay so you know we talk about you know some pretty lofty ideas here but in our actionable advice section we like to give you some very concrete things that you can like do and implement, and it's it's very clear what's expected, and then hopefully you can see a result from that, and take what you want and leave what you don't. But anyway, what I want you to do is next time life throws you a curveball, which we all know it will. Um, I want you to sit down with an actual pen and paper and make a list with three columns, and in the first column, I want you to put what about that situation is in your control? And then in the second column you're going to put what is outside of your control. And then in the third column, I want you to write how you choose to react to the things outside of your control. So, that is your homework. We want you to do this.
1: And if kind you of? do and you feel comfortable, take a picture of it and send it to us. Yep. So that like, everyone else can message, share
0: if you don't want to share it with the world,
1: or which I really understand. or if you do want to share it with the world, we're all yeah. we're all friendly at the whole equestrian community.
0: Yeah, like seriously, if if any of this you want more of a deep dive into, you want more uh, connection and community, please join that on Facebook.
1: And if anyone trolls your post, I will kick them out.
0: <laughs> she will. She's not lying. So um. What's next, Tyler? What do you have going on down there in Florida?
1: Um, well, horse shows are about to start on Tuesday. I'm heading down to Wellington to do some to do some show jumping. And then I think from the next weekend, we have an event every single weekend here on out until I get back to Pennsylvania. So, it's going to be pretty cray, but this is yeah. what I trained for this is it's
0: what you signed up for Tyler this
1: is what I've made my mental muscles strong for this is what I've made my actual muscles strong for so I am really looking so forward to it yeah
0: well our competing doesn't start until a little bit later like there are shows here in Aiken but like we're not going to our first event until February Um, but we do have some really nice schooling shows here in Aiken on Tuesdays. They have this, um, jumper class, well, classes, I suppose, at Bruce's Field, which is an amazing facility, and, uh, if you're in Aiken, I highly suggest that you check that out. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing, and yeah, I guess the other thing is, um, be on the lookout for a new blog post by me that will be coming out hopefully soon. Um, And I think, I think that's what's going on here. So, well, we hope you guys were able to gain some valuable insight on how you view the inevitable challenges that life throws at you.
1: I love how you say challenges.
0: I, you make fun of me about, like, I don't understand what I'm saying wrong or weird, but that's. That's another
1: discussion. Um, all right. And if you guys have any feedback for us, and if you think that Emily says challenge is weird too, <laughs> please reach out to now. us on social media. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, like we said a million times in this episode, the whole equestrian community. Um, check us out. Give us feedback on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please subscribe and give us a five-star review. It will really help us out.
0: Yeah, and we um, love giving shout-outs to our listeners. So, if you do something cool, we will give you some credit. Um, and also, if you're enjoying what we're doing, like please, please share it. And that's the only way that we're gonna get more exposure, and the word's gonna get out there. Because, you know, if you think this podcast is great, which we hope you do, um, you know, we just we need. to get to a broader audience right we we need to spread the word so please help us with that we appreciate you guys so much and on that note thank you for listening
1: we're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness
0: and in the meantime enjoy the ride